Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Reel. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are back at the end of the week talking about John Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man, and we are looking at Minute 30. Once again, closing out the week with us, we have Eric Nash from the Watchmen Minute Podcast. Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. It's uh, been great being here all week. Been some good uh, Iron Man minutes that aren't quite irony yet. (laughs) Not quite irony. (laughs) Oh, God, I can't wait. (laughs) You know, I will say... Now that you threw that in there, I have to say, in that deleted scene, they really messed up by not having Tony ironing Abu's <laughs> clothes. <laughs> oh, they, they really messed that up. That such one. a mess up. Take, take that right to the <laughs> bank. <laughs> the Iron Man. Oh, my goodness. Literally. Come on, guys. Oh, but yes, today on today's show, Minute 30, we uh, the minute starts with Raza finally speaking. We finally get to hear Raza speak. And the minute ends with Raza letting Tony know that soon it'll be his turn. Very threatening minute from Raza. Although it's a one, he's a wonderful storyteller. I will say, <laughs> I give him that. <laughs> he spins quite the yarn as he gets to his point. We don't. I don't even know You'll if we fully get terror. to his point. You'll stand for the tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Faran, Faran Tahir. Uh, he is. Uh, he was born in L.A. While his parents were studying over in L.A., uh, directing at UCLA in their theater department, and then they moved back to Pakistan. He's from a theater family well-known in Pakistan and India. His parents are actors, directors, and writers. And he moved back to L.A. in 1980 when he was 17, got his uh, bachelor's from uh, UC Berkeley, and graduate degree from the Institute for Advanced Theater Training at Harvard. He has been a very busy boy, as we mentioned last week, with quite the career. His nickname, according to IMDb, is The Danger. Yes. Yes, that checks out. (laughs) That makes sense. Absolutely. I was wondering when we were going to get there. We're there. He became a warlord in Hollywood. (laughs) Right. It must be a curse to just be naturally so sinister. You know what I mean? I've never seen this is my problem. I've never seen him in anything where he's not sinister, even as a Starfleet captain in Star Trek. He looked sinister on the bridge of that ship. I would say he looked intense. I don't know. I would don't know if I'd say he looked intense. Potato, potato. (laughs) (laughs) Were you on the minute when JJ was talking about him, Pete? No. So J.J. worked with him on American Crime and actually flew with him on a plane to uh, to the shooting location. Do you hear that? He's got, even in a show called American Crime. Uh, <laughs> got to chat with him. He <laughs> says he's a wonderful guy. So he may look sinister, but he is a wonderful guy. Yeah, they always are. I also saw American Psycho. <laughs> Look how that turned out. <laughs> This is a great story that he weaves, uh, kind of the, the, the weapons, uh, you know, the story of Genghis Khan ruling in the 13th century and how he ruled with with the bows and arrows and and uh, checking out some of the uh, statistics and the information that he throws out uh, Genghis Khan ruled back in the 13th century the Mongolian empire it was the largest contiguous empire that the world has ever known Genghis became the ruler in 1206 and ruled until his death in 1227 I believe the maximum land area that it continued growing after he died. It was either 1270 or 1309 
according to what I read. But uh, it originated on the steppes of Central Asia. The Mongol Empire eventually stretched from Eastern Europe and parts of Central Europe to the Sea of Japan, going north into Siberia, eastwards and southwards into the Indian subcontinent, into China and the Iranian Plateau, and westwards as far as the Levant and Carpathian Mountains. It was the largest contiguous empire, as I said, roughly 24 million kilometers or 9.27 million miles, which is about 16.1% of the Earth. So <laughs> that's a hefty chunk of property. That's right. We be, call uh, that a good start. <laughs> right. <laughs> Interestingly, when you're looking at uh, empires, the British Empire actually did beat this out eventually, but theirs wasn't contiguous. Theirs was kind of spread mm. out yeah. quite a bit. Now, he does throw out a few bits of information. He says it was twice the size of Alexander the Great. That does not check out. Alexander the Great ruled the Persian or the, I'm going to butcher this, Achaemenid Empire. His empire was 2.12 million square miles or 5.5 million kilometers. So it actually is more like 4.3 times the size of what Alexander the Great ruled. If they did want somebody to actually say, when he says twice the size of Alexander the Great, he should have said twice the size of Napoleon, because the second French colonial empire was much closer, or twice the size of Kublai Khan, uh, because the Yuan dynasty was also about that size. Look at all that history just buried into and then completely ravaged by Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, when they watch this movie in history class... What are they going to get? <laughs> I tell you, kids, they kids won't these know days. The true story. <laughs> he does also say it's four times the size of the Roman Empire. Again, if he was doing four times the size, he should have stuck with Alexander the Great in this particular oh, case, yeah. because the Roman Empire was actually five million kilometers or one point nine three million miles. Uh, so it was a, it was closer to almost five times the size of the Roman Empire. But you know, I. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe the textbooks that Raza was working with didn't have, <laughs> didn't have all the accurate information. He had some fake textbooks. He did. They were fake books. <laughs> and it's not scripted, uh, but there's a nice moment as Raza walks in. He walks up to Tony and he kind of looks, he pulls his shirt open a little bit and looks at the, uh, at the device in his chest and kind of checking out some of the stuff going on. I thought that was a nice little beat that they actually added. It's weird. It's seductive. Like, you know, he runs his finger around the device uh, while he's talking and it's, it's, uh, ah, I don't know. Creepy. It's very intrusive. I found yeah, it very, invasive. Uh, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite rapey, but it's a little bit <laughs> like you don't want him doing that. <laughs> well, Not to me, it almost, it's almost pointing the way towards what's, what's to come, I think, because don't, don't various people essentially <laughs> coming up <laughs> want what, Tony has, but it's a part of him, right? Right, right. right. You know? So I think that's what he's, you know, he's looking at it wantingly. Well, I, I think almost there's a little bit more of that curiosity, like, because yeah. I mean, he clearly doesn't understand what this thing is that's in his chest. But you're right, it does build to much more greedy desires for that power to come later in the film. So it's it's an interesting idea that they've kind of built here. I like that. The scripting of the scene is actually pretty close um, as far as his speech. The, everything that he's saying pretty much fits that I, I think works pretty well. 
one thing that's not scripted as he's uh, going through his speech, you've got some nice little moments that that Favreau builds in between uh, Tony and Yinsen as they're kind of interacting and looking at each other. And I like those little subtle action beats that they have and how Yinsen, like Tony looks to him like, you know, is there something I should say or do? And Yinsen kind of gives him that, you know, that little hand gesture. It's like, stay calm. It's a nice little beat between these two guys that I think um, works nicely while we're listening to Raza espouse all of these uh, incorrect facts about history. And then he goes over to the table and he picks up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know where I'm going. He picks up the paper. And he stares at the stacks of paper and the paper are they're stacked on top of each other just as we're revealed. And then we have to question now the competence of Raza, because the first thing you want to hear out of his mouth is, wait, this is so a leg. Are you are you trolling right now? This is a leg. This is not a missile. That's what you want. This is a terrible idea. One minute at a time. Terrible. I don't give me time to think. He should be asking. Do you have a light table? Where, where's your light table? <laughs> right, where's my light table? Because there's something suspicious about this. You almost want them to have drawn a few paper sketches and schematics of missiles that they could actually <laughs> like layer in there <laughs> yes. just to kind of throw them off. Like, oh, this one clearly is uh, a Jericho missile blueprint. Right. You know. <laughs> And again, with with the, with the missile that I pointed out earlier in a previous minute, the second's like twenty almost to twenty five, or no, even longer. Raza walks over to actually two. There's two, I think, side by side. Um, when when you when you first start that about second twenty, you can see the two noses of them on the left. But he walks over, and you can see you can see that it's those same parts. They're they're open, right. and yep, the same parts oh, we could yeah. see from that other view where right. I saw them. That's right. They're here. That look like flamethrowers. So clearly they're they're faking it. I think that's exactly what it is. These are the Voltron parts that right. you know. It's, yeah. He's going to snap off the the nose pieces to those missiles, mm-hmm. and those will become his arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, but uh, yeah, I can see it working. I have one little audio note, which is it's an odd little note here, but the sound design here. You got the the footsteps as Raza is walking through the room and and talking and as he uh passes tony and uh and goes over to the light table you hear his footsteps but for some reason the very last footstep that he has as he's as he's approaching the table it never actually sounds like like it sounds like they added the footstep sound there but it doesn't look like there's a footstep in his body motion the camera's kind of tilting down his body as he's reaching for those uh, those uh, schematics. But I, I don't feel like there's a footstep. And that last sound of the footstep always throws me because it just, well, I shouldn't say always. The more I watch this minute, it throws me more and more. But it never threw me before. But it just, it sounds like there's one extra footstep that they shouldn't have had in there. Wait, this is, this is Raza walking up to the table? Yeah, as he walks up to the table, there's one last footstep sound at about 37 seconds in as it kind of cuts and i just feel like there's not an actual step there i don't know maybe it's just me no the last footstep i guess it's it's actually closer to 38 39 as we're tilting down his body to the pages okay you hear it walking yeah, yes there is it. it's like he digs his foot into the ground real right. hard <laughs> right it's, it's well it's like the sometimes i've seen like kind of more like military type people if they're walking along and then they do a final like almost of a jump you know, when they get to their spot, 
the little hop, the military hop. Yeah, yeah, right. Just to just to really make sure, you know, their their feet are lined up and yeah. they're in full form. Right. Maybe that's what he's doing. The, the person I picture doing that is is uh, John Cleese. Oh, because it's a silly one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what we can't see because it's too tight. Right. Is that he's actually high stepping? <laughs> Raza is high stepping the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, everything that we uh, think of is just making these guys sillier and sillier. That's great. <laughs> that the peanut butter, the, the washing machine, right. and the and now with the high stepping. That's right. Favreau was smart in making sure they didn't include all of these moments, <laughs> but they left that footstep in. Um. I don't think I have anything else for this minute. Do you guys have anything else? I'm good. I think I'm done for the week. All right. Well, I, I don't think we have anything else for this minute. Uh, so, Eric, uh, with our guests, we like to talk to them a little bit about their history with uh, with Marvel and uh, and some film rankings. How did you uh, end up falling into um, Marvel and all of these stories? Were you reading comics as a youth? Did you read Iron Man or did you kind of fall into this uh, much later in life? More so later. I mean, I, I definitely was reading comics like roughly, you know, 12 through 16 ish, but mostly DC. Oh, OK. There, there, there's there's a little dabbling of Marvel then maybe just a little bit. Most and mostly more likely Spider-Man. And then, and then again, Spider-Man, um, after, after Dark Knight came out is when I really got back into comics more heavily. I, I just started, I'd just been starting to dabble like with Watchmen a couple few years prior to that. Watchmen and, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. But, you know, and after getting back more heavily into, uh, actually, you know, going to a comic book shop and having a pull list, I, I, I again dabbled some, uh, Deadpool too. Also, um, but no, really, really, I don't know if I've ever, ever really read a good Marvel comic. Or a good, <laughs> I'm sorry, Iron Man comic. A good Iron Man comic. Oh, crap. I've, read, I've read some. I, I loved, um, you know, because I loved his uh, Kingdom Come. I, I, I loved uh, Marvels. Uh, Alex oh, Ross yeah, right, right, on art, yeah, on art for those two. What about your? Uh, what about the MCU? Did you jump in right away, yeah. or did you kind of come to it uh, uh, once it had already begun? No, yeah, I mean it, it's possible. You know, this 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 very first one, Iron Man. I, I might have not seen it until a week or two after it first hit theaters, but after that, I was into it. I've I've seen almost all of them, pretty much either the night of or the very first weekend. Gotcha. And been been really excited to catch everyone even though like i said there's been a couple that aren't wonderful well that's why so those are the things i want to know like which ones didn't you see in the theater and which ones didn't you like no i've seen them all you've the seen theater, them all in the but theater. okay some i even even incredible hulk uh mm, there's a line man i missed that one because i wasn't uh i think i caught that i think i caught the incredible hulk i still haven't seen all of hulk though oh the ang lee only one seen huh? a few minutes here or there so at some point i would like to yeah. It's a good one. It's we're not talking about it on this show. Maybe maybe it'll be a hiatus episode or something. But it's a uh, yeah, sure. Um, it's it's a very interesting other journey into the story mm-hmm. of Hulk. But no, yeah, because Incredible Hulk was what like a year, roughly a year after this no, one. No, it was months. Oh, it was yeah, months. That, uh, yeah. A couple yeah. months later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I like this so much that I did go ahead and see that in the theater. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive and seen them all. But but some two or three times. <laughs> but others like <laughs> like like the Dark World. So that's that's the next question. How, so there's 20 of them. So we're not asking our guests to rank all of them because there's an awful lot of films. But what are your favorites? Like, how would you rank like your top five? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, definitely. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's I, I still want to see it at least a couple more times uh, and soon too. the most recent one. Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity War. 
the Civil War, I mean, I, I think some people kind of got a little, got, went away from that a little bit. I mean, I think it was pretty popular right off the bat, but I, but I enjoyed that a lot too. It's, 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 it's the bang for your buck idea mentality. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, gotcha. of, of, of having a ton of heroes on screen is is really cool, really awesome. Well, it's one of those things. Gotcha. It's, so the Avengers. It's really films, funny, yeah. like when you get into the Avengers films and that and Civil War and Infinity War. Like it feels to me very much like it's tapping into me as a like a ten year old. You know, like because that's how I played mm-hmm. with action figures. That's how I read comics. That's how I mm-hmm. experienced it. They were all hanging out together, you know? Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, this is... Th- these big movies, they're they're feeling much more attuned, mm-hmm. weirdly, to my youth. So, yeah, and then the first Avengers is is in that top five, that's for sure. And I, I really want to see Ragnarok again. I, I think I've seen it twice in theaters, and I really haven't gotten back to it. I think I started watching it but I had to go to something else, unfortunately, or something, something popped up. That's that's a crazy little one. I just rewatched that one with the family, uh, with my wife and and uh, kids who hadn't seen that one yet. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to watch watch it with them, seeing them watch it for the first time. And then the t- then the two that that really tied in finally back into for Infinity War are the two Guardians. Right. Those are those have to be right there up there at the top two. Because actually, actually, those are the two, the only two that I've actually bought digitally i don't have i don't have any physical copies of any of these but i catch them catch catch bits and pieces when they're on tv on regular tv or whatever but also uh i borrow i borrow plenty of uh dvds and blu-rays from the library well it is fun to see them uh, evolving it and it is nice how they all uh feel uh you know uh as one it's a nice it's a nice Mm -hmm. big family with all of these movies yeah the the thor rocket raccoon stuff (laughs) yeah it's too good (laughs) yeah that's great Good stuff. Well, Eric, thank you again so much for coming and joining us this week. We had a blast talking with you about Iron Man. Where can people uh, find out more about you and uh, the shows that you work on? Yeah, just just I'll just highlight the shows. You know, uh, Watchmen Minute. Just Google that, or if you really need to, uh, realpodcastnetwork.com slash Watchmen Minute. And then uh, coming up uh, later this year will be Almost Famous Minute. Can't wait. Perfect. Everyone enjoys. That's going to be exciting. Well, Pete, thanks again for uh, closing out the week with me. It's been a good one. Maybe we can actually see Iron Man next time. Maybe, well, we got to get out of the cave first. (laughs) (laughs) We're still stuck in the cave. Oh, well, thanks everybody for tuning in to this week's show. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash The Next Reel. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Until next time, true believers.